0: Thanks, Lou. Let's do this.
1: On Broadway,
0: on Broadway, back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere, everywhere, ladies and gentlemen. On that 77 WABC app, download that app. Take you 90 seconds; you won't regret it. Also, simulcast. I'm on Eastern Long Island, Newstoke 107.1 FM. Hampton Bays and Points East, uh, which is where our next guest hails from, Long Island. This guy, he's a great, great statesman. This gentleman, I should say, great statesman and a colleague here at 77 WABC, longtime congressman from Long Island, a good friend and colleague, as I mentioned, Peter King. Good morning to you, uh, Congressman King. Bernie,
2: always great to be with you. Uh, and it's always great for you to have uh, John there. John is really the heart and soul of the station. And, Bernie, the fact that you're making such a great comeback is inspiring to so many people. And Really, so many places I go, the first people ask me, how's, how, how's Bernie doing? How's he feeling? And so I say, well, he's as good as ever. So there you go.
1: And, and my wife hey, is complaining. To say. My wife is complaining I should apologize to Bernie for stepping on some of his lines. So Bernie... Margot says, "Make sure you apologize to Bernie. I apologize for stepping on some of your lines, but we're we're working out of two different studios, so it becomes harder." Yes, yeah, so not Margo. at all. I
2: mean, Mar- th- 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 Margot's in charge.
1: You're right. This, Margo
0: is in charge. That's what happens when you have conversations. I mean, uh, you know, people talk, and uh, you know, you, you stop, you start. So, either way, they're great conversations. We had a great lineup of guests, uh, t- topped off right now. By our current guest, Congressman Peter King. Uh, Congressman King, uh, your thoughts on this? We've been talking about this uh, strategic—the uh, oil reserves being uh, 55 million barrels of the, these oil reserves that were designed to help people at the pump—they've been exported to Europe and Asia, including China. And uh, this is this is this incompetent Biden administration, or maybe worse. Uh, what, what do you think's going on with that?
2: Yeah, you know, we can go through all these machinations on the oil with the strategic oil reserve and everything else. The bottom line is what John Kasich said: if we want to get out of the recession, if we want to end the energy crisis, just turn on, you know, turn on the spigots. We have we have more than enough oil and gas in this country to last forever. We can almost supply the rest of the world. And the fact is that it was Joe Biden when he signed that executive order on the first day. Stopping the Keystone Pipeline. And since then, it's been one bad move after another. Listen, sometimes you're going to be hit by a crisis you have no control over, like back in the 70s when the Arabs shut off the oil. Things now we have the answer. We really have the answer right under us. We have the oil. We, we have the uh, natural resources. And we are taking away our own natural resources and then going around the world begging, going to the Saudis, trying to get oil from them, taking oil out of the oil uh, reserve, which as John was saying before – that's needed in case there is war, in case there is a crisis that we have no control over. So, now this is all a self-induced uh, crisis. It's a talking about shooting yourself in the foot, but we're shooting ourselves everywhere. And uh, so I'm not surprised that this has turned into a fiasco. But if you let the, the, you know, the, the rules of the economy prevail here, if we just follow common sense, we have the oil. We have it. And yet we're going around the world desperately begging, trying to find oil, trying to cut back, doing all this, fighting with the oil companies. We should turn the oil companies loose. We should uh, turn the oil, you know, turn the spigots on, start drilling, go back to drilling in the, uh, uh, you know, Alaska, uh, finish the Keystone Pipeline. All of these things are right there available for us, and we're not doing it. It's absolute insanity.
0: Absolutely. uh, Total insanity. And then you have uh, uh, the Biden administration saying, Allegedly, Joe Biden tweeting, but you you know he's not doing the tweeting himself. But he instructs gas station owners, gas station owners, to lower the prices and do it now, like some sort of dictator. I mean, he's talking to private business owners. Uh, Most of these gas stations are owned, mom-and-pop operations. And he's making demands like that to the point where Jeff Bezos, who donated $1.7 million to the Biden campaign, He responded and he said, listen, stop tweeting stuff out like this. Inflation is too important an issue. He said you're either stupid or you're lying, basically is what he said. And he donated almost $2 million to Joe Biden. Now he's turning on him. So maybe this hope uh, this November, Peter King, what do you think?
2: I I would certainly hope so. We have to stand together as a party. We have to make Joe Biden the issue. It's out there. Sometimes in the campaign you're trying to create an issue, you're trying to uh, you know, find something to get people to focus on. Every time they go to the pump, they see it. Every time they go to the grocery store, they see it. Every time they uh, take a train in, into Manhattan and get off at Penn Station and walk across town, they have in the back of their head, are they, are they going to be mugged? I was talking to someone who's actually a retired police officer who had not been in Manhattan for a while and was actually petrified walking across town. What you're seeing out on the street, whether it's drug deals, whether it's just the characters that are out there, uh, and knowing, again, I mean, yeah. you know, my own son has been stopped a few times. He had four guys come after him one night. Uh, I mean, this is uh, – people have these stories. Guy and Eric Adams, his own staff, was jumped the other day, and they knew he worked in the mayor's office. These guys have no fear at all because they know that when the cops' hands are tied, if they are arrested, they figure the judge is going to let them out, and they'll be back on the street, you know, to be mugging somebody. So, no, the uh, this is, to me, unfortunately – all the issues are there for Republicans. I say, unfortunately, because that means the country's in bad shape, the good part of that would be that the Republicans now have an opportunity to uh, not just take back the House of Representatives, and that's really important, but also to win the governor's uh, seat here in New York, to, you know, like uh, Lisa the governor. And as John keeps telling us over and over again, my ears are banging from John telling me so many times, we have to defeat the Democratic senators. The state senators here in New York, we have to defeat them because so many of our problems come from Albany. And we have to send the same message to Democrats in Albany that we sent to Todd Kaminsky in Nassau County last year.
0: No question about it. Uh, yes, we do. Todd Kaminsky, the author of the No Bail, No Jail Law. Uh, yes, we have to send a resounding message. We have to t- turn out in unprecedented numbers to, to let them know that we're serious. We're taking back this damn country from you people. You woke people. And you cowards out there, because as John Casamitidis points out, there are a lot of Democrat politicians who don't agree with all this wokeness that's going on, but they're too afraid to speak out. Uh, people like Chuck Schumer he's too afraid of being uh, primaried by AOC. Uh, these people, uh, they, shame on these people for not speaking out on behalf of their constituents when the stakes are so high because they're afraid of getting yelled at or maybe primaried. I mean, where is it? where are your principles? Where is your courage? Uh, Congressman King, you, you know what I'm talking about, some of these Democrat uh, politicians who are, are common sense but afraid to speak out.
2: You know, in, in politics, sometimes you have to make concessions at the margins to get reelected or to stay safe. We're not talking about marginal issues here. We're talking about life and death issues. We're talking about being people being shot dead in the street. And uh, I'm glad you guys mentioned it before on this, by the way. It was, what happened in Highland Park was absolutely horrific. But you had 31 people shot, seven of them dead absolutely tragic but you had in neighboring chicago just a few miles away you had 70 something people shot and seven dead here in new york we had over 50 people shot and seven dead and there's almost not a word about it so and that's what's going on day in and day out in the inner cities in chicago and philadelphia in los angeles in new york city it's going on and uh, that's that's the type of crime that no one wants to talk about i I know the governor of illinois was yelling and screaming the other day about assault weapons listen i don't I think we shouldn't have assault weapons. But that, to me, this is one instance where the assault weapon, maybe, you know, obviously in Texas. But overall, the overwhelming majority of murders come from guns in the inner cities where African-Americans are, the, the again, the, you know, the biggest victims. They're the ones being attacked. And the governor of Illinois is yelling about how angry he is. Meanwhile, he signed a law into effect just a day or two before that restricting the rights of cops to question young people and under the age of 15 who commit many of the murders. So that governor is the one who's enabling murderers, and yet he's yelling about assault weapons. So, again, it's uh, 90, probably 90, 95 percent of the murders in this country are not carried out with assault weapons. So that's one issue we can talk about separately. But on the day-to-day murders, the ones that are terrorizing people in their homes, they're being carried out by local criminals and gangsters and crooks and murderers and sadists psychopaths, and yet the cops' hands are tied. And they have to to, to let the cops do what they have to do.
1: Peter, yesterday, uh, Governor Hochul is is pushing a bill that will restrict legal uh, gun owners, legal gun owners in New York, uh, from uh, carrying it in church where a lot of the attacks are going on or carrying them in synagogues or carrying them in Times Square. I mean... The, the, the criminals are celebrating that, oh, my God, we can go to Times Square and, and there's nobody else going to have a gun.
2: Yeah, if, if you listen to these people speak, you would think that the uh, the main cause of violence, the main uh, people guilty of gun crimes are somehow some guy who has a lawful licensed weapon. No, it's the guys who bite them on the streets, the guys who, uh, uh, listen, when uh, I said this before, when Giuliani became mayor. And I hope Louie gets better, by the way, from his heart surgery. There was 2 million illegal guns in New York, and Giuliani stopped crime. Same thing un- under Ray Kelly. We had guns coming up here from North Carolina and Virginia and everything else coming into New York. The fact is the cops went after the guys who had the guns. If you got caught with a gun, you went to jail. And they also the cops had a good idea as to who were using the guns and who weren't. They went after them. They got them off the streets. And the others, they, those guns still may have been here somewhere, but those bad guys were afraid to use them because they knew the cops were waiting for them, and they were going to get mandatory long jail sentences. So that's what we have to have, tough law and order. We have to stand with the cops. Forget all this woke nonsense that's been going on. The bail reform, all of that is to end.
1: And, and we, we, and we had the, the organized crime units where the, the cops were dressed uh, like, like, the, like the criminals. So the criminals didn't know who the cops were. And, and now we're making the organized crime units identify themselves as the cops i mean we're we' we're, we're making life easier for the criminals i I got tears huh. in my eyes. anybody got a Kleenex
2: now, those That's undercover terrible. units took so many took so many Ill, illegal guns off the streets and it's not so much even they took the guns off the street they took the the criminals off the streets that used those guns and that sent a message to other criminals not to use guns not to be walking around with a gun now I understand the guy who uh, the guys who jumped mayor Adams is just uh uh, staff person the other day, they actually showed they had the gun in their belts. They said, "Hey, well, you know, they are they're packing." I mean, this is this is crazy. Now and again, I hope when those guys get caught, they don't say, "Hey, you know, they need uh, sensitivity training, or they, uh, you know, their father was mean to them when they were growing up, or they, you know, they had uh, a teacher in school they didn't like." All this nonsense we hear. The thing is, you got to face up to responsibility, and that means the politicians have to do their job, and the criminals get caught. They have to pay the price for what they're doing. If I can put in one positive note. Uh, next week, uh, Gil Hodges, a great New York baseball hero, is being installed into the Hall of Fame. And two good friends of mine, Art Shamsky and Ed Greenpool, are coming up next week. They're going to be at the Argyle Theater on July 17th to talk about Gil Hodges. And, John, I'd like to have one or two of them on one of our shows next week. This is a thing. I know, John, you're not a big baseball fan, but to many people in New York. I love Georgia baseball. Fans, Mets fans, I'll tell you, you're the Staten Island team. You're right. right. The Ferry Hawk. So, anyway, I mean, this, I think, would really just make people feel good about themselves, maybe just for a few minutes talking about the Miracle Match, talking about Gil Hodges, talking about the Brooklyn Dodgers when Brooklyn was Brooklyn. And, John, when you were there just uh, going through the Brooklyn Tech. Now, I went to Brooklyn Prep. We always thought we were better than you guys. But the fact is you're still standing and we're not. Brooklyn Tech is still there, and I hope it could withstand all the woke culture that's coming against us.
0: Congressman Peter King, you're great. We love you. We really do. Uh, he is a great statesman. Anyway, a great guest on the Bernie and Sid show with John Catsimatidis. Thank you so much, Peter. You have a great day, and we'll th- talk again real soon. Okay.
2: But I'll, I'll be I'll be up uh, campaigning for Mike Wallace tonight up in Rockland County.
0: Well, up up in Rockland County. Okay. Thank you. uh, uh we Peter. Look,
1: and, and, We look and, forward and, to and that. And Bernie, I must call out. Rudy Giuliani had surgery yesterday. He had stents uh, put in, and he uh, is doing well and recovering. So all the Rudy Giuliani friends, uh, join me in wishing them well. And uh, God bless Rudy, and God bless America. Thank you. Indeed.
0: Uh, John Katspatiti on the Bernie and Sid show. We're coming right back, ladies and gentlemen.